T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Hey, how you doing? It's... uh... Five after the hour. Where is the time going? I'm having too much fun. This is Randy Tobler in for Ryan Recker. The formidable shoes of Ryan trying to fill for you this evening. Thanks for being with me. I uh, I normally host uh, a uh, politics and culture and some medicine mixed in show on Saturday mornings on our sister station, KFTK, 97.1 FM Talk. Been doing that for almost 20 years. But uh, teethed, got my got my baby teeth here in the industry at uh, at KMOX way back in the late '90s. So it's great to be back on the Mighty Mox, and um, glad you're with us. The numbers are three one four four three six seventy nine hundred one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. In case you didn't hear uh, the top of the hour news, uh, it's been all over that uh, the Congress finally was, you know, putting their nose to the grindstone and doing something in terms of a stimulus or relief or a little bit of both package. And uh, they finally passed that this evening. It is anticipated that uh, Trump will sign it. President Trump will sign that. And it's uh, there, there's a lot of controversy around this. And who would have ever thunk that Josh Hawley and Bernie Sanders, talk about strange bedfellows, uh, were actually uh, on the same side of the fence on this one. They wanted more money, more money for than the $600 that uh, will go to families or to people that uh, I guess individuals making under 75,000 uh, children. And then they'll have a $300 unemployment uh, kicker. It was 600 in the original cares act, but uh, 300 and that'll last for about 10 weeks. There's some extension of eviction moratorium, but that's only for a month and uh, some other details, 192 pages. And all we see in the news thus far is uh, is some bullet points. I'm sure as uh, we're able to, to dive into that and the reporting on it expands, we'll find out that there are a lot of details and the devil is always in the details with these bills, isn't it? And of course, a lot of the a lot of the legislators said they didn't read it. They, they knew the basic things like the things I just talked about. Oh, there's some payroll protection plan and there's some vaccine distribution money in there as well. But that's about all we know at this point. So as uh, we learn more, if I learn more any, any more until the show's over here or, or tomorrow when I host the show again, we'll certainly bring you up to, up to, up to speed on that. I, I don't know whether there's any targeted funds for the restaurant industry, which it is just undergoing, I think, probably the most rapid 
and it seems um, un, un, non-negotiable um, carnage that I've ever seen a particular industry undergo. Not that small business people haven't been hurt. But boy, when you put across the extra expenditures that a lot of these restaurants, particularly in uh, California, in the blue states, in the metropolitan areas, in New York City, and uh, you know, to a lesser extent in Chicago, but the metro areas where there have been these, these convulsive lockdowns and then partial release and then lockdown reminds you of, of, a, of a wrestling match when the guy's almost down for the count and then the, in order to extend the entertainment for the fans, they let him up a little bit and then back down with his boot on the neck for another, you know, nine count. And, and so not only have they borne drastic reduction in revenues and business, but at the same time, they've ramped up on a lot of uh, infrastructure and building often sometimes fairly elaborate outdoor, uh, you know, dining areas with separations indoor and outdoor where they've allowed both. And now, and then as soon as they do that in Southern California, especially, it seems like they've done that. But it happened here in St. Charles County, happened in St. Louis County. Uh, Sam Page is teasing us. You just heard on the news with, well, we're working on it. And we're coming up with a plan and we're going to have some limited, uh, you know, opening up of, of, of the indoor dining. Maybe, but you'll have to wait and see channeling Pelosi there, I guess. You know, you have to see what he comes up with. But I... I I, for one, don't know whether the relief in this package, just the general relief, is going to be enough to tide people over. Uh, it's said that about 20% of the nation's uh, restaurants have closed, are dormant, and will probably not reopen. And countless number of workers, of course, that are going to be out of, uh, out of work, looking for work on the unemployment rolls. How are they going to pay their bills? A, a, a moratorium on paying the rent doesn't mean on eviction doesn't mean you don't still owe the rent. And if you're able to catch up, that doesn't mean you were forgiven any of the rent. Landlords have given a lot of restaurants, a lot of uh, homeowner renters and uh, leasers, the, the ability to, to forego payments for a while, but they're going to want that back. I mean, ultimately they're going to want their, their, their money for it. And how this is all going to unwind is just, um, when you think about it, it's pretty frightening, actually, because I don't think we've we've yet begun to feel the full effects of not just the ripple, but the tidal wave that was the reaction to the COVID virus. I think all of us probably felt in the first month or two that um, in an abundance of caution, you know, sort of closing things down, being very, very conservative about it and assuming the worst was not a bad plan until we knew what was going on and we knew pretty much by mid-april we knew what the high risk where the high risk groups were we knew some of the dangers we knew ways to begin to mitigate your risk and then i i think that um this this ongoing and oppressive just ask the restaurant owners um and sometimes it seems like just heavy-handed and worst of all hypocritical lockdowns of these restaurants uh when you see people dining at you know three star three michelin star restaurants with no masks in close proximity around a table, and you're telling a, an owner of a restaurant who built an outdoor area, you saw that gal out in in, uh, in L.A. that right next door, an ident- almost identical dining area, was, uh, you know, to, to support the film industry in the dining tent while they're shooting a film. That is just crushing. That is just, that crushes the human soul. And certainly that woman and so many like her don't have the means of the Hollywood industry, but Hollywood and the film industry certainly has the ear and has an awful lot of sway and is lockstep 
politically with um, the powers that be that make those decisions. And it's just, I, for one, am really sad to see it as uh, someone who knows how hard it is to work in the restaurant industry. Uh, my wife having taught at a culinary um, program and uh, whether you're in the front of the house or the back of the house, I know many of you may either have worked as you were paying your way through school, maybe as a second job um, to, to pay some bills along the way with a young family. Perhaps it's a, it's a primary career choice. And what do you do now? I mean, where do you go and what does the industry look like afterwards? Well, when we come back after we uh, step aside and take a little break here, we're going to talk with chef Andrew Gruel, a celebrity chef, Who's, um, who's been in the forefront of advocacy for the restaurant industry and himself is, uh, has a, a fund that he's sponsoring to try to help folks like that. And I know that people are looking for ways to help folks, and they certainly do. Um, Nathan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this call real quick before we go to Andrew Grew. Let's talk to Jerry real quick. Jerry, you're on KMOX Overnight America. Thanks for calling. What's up? Thanks, thanks for having me. I, I, just, just one comment. Uh, what is $600 going to do for an individual? Um, very little. I mean, for most people, it's not even going to pay a month's rent. It's kind of a, it's kind of an insult. Um, and to me, they might as well keep it because yeah. really, you know, unless you have a house full of kids and even then, you know, uh, to, to, to insult the American public with 50% of what they did the first time, you know, where's all these billions of dollars going? You know, it's not well, going directly to the people. You know, it's yeah, and 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 you're right. I, I guess if you're a person receiving that, and you're like you say, it's only going to pay a percentage of of one or the other bills that maybe have built up. Um, and you see the profits that are just uh, just rocketing for Amazon and Microsoft. Microsoft, I think profits are up thirty three, thirty seven percent because of all of the you know, and Zoom and all the video conferencing. Um, and you see the government types that can work from home, right? And they, they are unscathed through all this. It, you're right. I mean, in a way, this could backfire. And the Congress um, trying to do something may have actually um, spit in our face. I don't know. It's a good way to think about it. And uh, certainly anything is going to be appreciated. But you have to also ask the question, whether it's $600, $1,200, $2, someone's going to have to pay for that, Right. And at some point, is it going to be our children, or our grandchildren with, uh, you know, when the, when the interest on the debt is as much as the, the military and everything else at some point, um, how long can we afford to just keep uh, paying this out? We're, we're now well over $3 trillion into the response to COVID and the economic calamity and trying to, to save Where, it. Where's all the bit. billions going? I mean, to who, to what? You know, if it's not directly to the people, I mean, where... Is all that money it is going, going? It's going directly to the people, and it's going to business people to keep their businesses open because ultimately what people need is a job, not a handout. That's a good philosophy. But I think the best thing that people could, that the, the legislators could do is open things up. What they should do is support, in my opinion, they should support all of the therapeutics and some of these monoclonal antibodies and the things that can help tide people over and be a bridge until there is, you know, readily available vaccine for everyone and let the economy open up full throttle with protecting the individuals who need to be protected. We know now how to do that. I don't think it's time anymore to shut it down. That's the best thing. Let the economy roar because America's economy can roar. Hey, we're running a little late. Thanks for the call, Jerry. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. I'm Randy Tobler in for Ryan Recker, Overnight America KMOX. Back with Chef Andrew Gruel after this. 
Weekday mornings at 8.30, Charlie Brennan and Amy Marks Kors provide perspective on KMOX and KMOX.com. Welcome back to Overnight America with Ryan Recker. I'm Randy Tobler in for Ryan as he readies for the holiday. We're talking to celebrity chef, chef, uh, <laughs> chef Andrew Gruel at Chef Gruel, that's G-R-U-E-L, who has been a strident and outspoken advocate for the restaurant industry in a, in a time of the most difficulty I think we've ever seen in that industry. How you doing, Chef Gruel? Hey, I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on. I feel like I'm right next to you. Hey, man, I'm really uh, I'm proud of you that you're getting out there and you're just unabashed about calling it the way you see it. And I think many people agree with you, uh, folks who see uh, the government picking winners and losers. And it seems like in an industry that starts out uh, from a history of, of low margins, a tough industry to begin with, grueling work, no pun intended. Um, man, you guys are getting hammered. The Wall Street Journal says 110,000 restaurants and bars have closed. That's at least 17% of all the eating and drinking places, and many of them will never come back. Um, what do you think of this latest relief bill? Is it uh, just uh, condescending, uh, tri- uh, you know, trivial, or is it meaningful? Yeah, I mean, look, I wasn't really – the bar was set pretty low, and I think that they went lower than the bar was even set because this bill is just full of, um, you know, special interest projects. And, look, the bigger issue is, is that the ways in which these, these, quote, monies are being distributed to the small business owners, to the restaurants, and ultimately to the um, citizens of America are through – big business and big government agencies. And that money rarely hits the end user. And I always use the example, well, at least from the beginning of this pandemic, is the employee retention credit program. So there's $115 billion allocated to that aspect. And that's called that that's what they're considering part of the restaurant relief package. In order for me to get the funds from the retention credit program, I have to a, hire the entire staff, B, pay the staff, and pay the payroll taxes. Then I file a Form 7200 with the IRS to get a rebate, and that's when the funds come in. If I can't operate or open, for that matter, then it's a moot point. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the problem. And it, to make it worse, I mean, it's one insult to just, it seems like, heavy-handed, without much calibration at all. I mean, it's like taking a butter knife when you need a scalpel to try to, if you're going to try to mitigate things. Uh, in certain instances when the prevalence is the worst and it's absolutely necessary to to throttle it back briefly. I mean, I I can almost understand that from a scientific standpoint. But God darn it, you guys are, you built outdoor, you know, edifices with lots of protection that probably isn't even needed in an outdoor setting. And then they shut you down outdoor, at least in Southern California and, and in other places. That's just rubbing salt in the wound, isn't it? It certainly is. And look, you're right. If we were if everything was shut down right now, I think the bigger conversation would be, okay. what are the constitutional realities of these mandates, these shutdowns, et cetera. But instead, when you selectively see certain industries getting shut down while larger, less sanitary industries are operating, you know, at open throttle, um, then 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 that's when we really start to question things. Did I see that your Twitter account was throttled back? I mean, is there? Uh, it, I thought I read that earlier this evening. Have they? Uh, are they hammering on yep, you? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Something screwy is going on with my Twitter. You know, with the um, the views and the ability to kind of reach the normal audience that I was speaking to before. But that's not a surprise. Maybe I might be speaking a little too much truth. Yeah, and I know the truth hurts, and now they can uh, regulate it. It's like uh, this makes nineteen Orwell's 1984, what's going on in the industry, and I think uh, in the country at large, uh, sometimes uh, makes uh, Orwell's 1984 look like a birthday party. What is the industry yeah. going to look like after this is over, Chef Gruel? 
Um, well, I, you know, that's a great question. So you, you already quoted the number 17% is already shut down, but I think by now it's already up to 18 or 19 and it's going to just keep spiraling out of control. And keep in mind the restaurant industry, you know, we employ 16 million people nationwide. Um, and that's strictly just the direct employees. Nine out of 10 restaurants have less, less than 50 employees. So that's small business, right? That's the heart of small business. If the face of the restaurant industry changes from these small independent restaurants into large chains or other food service operations they're owned by international conglomerates then we're going to start to see the entire face of america change and that's the reality um you know whether it's microwave food and prepackaged food flying in from overseas that could also be part of it yeah and yeah i mean you're uh, the uh, the slapfish seafood group is what 27 locations you have international locations national locations it's not just the people that work in your in your restaurants but it's also the supply chain behind them i mean this has ripple effects that i guess is more like a tidal wave than a ripple effect in terms of the total number of jobs uh, that that would be affected if this you know if if this is a permanent lo- lack of uh, of restaurants yeah, and you're 100% correct is that the, um, you know, the, the effect this is having throughout not just the direct industry. Let's use, for example, our seafood suppliers. You know, I mean, obviously, those guys are going to be hurt. Our seafood then, which would have been wild, locally caught seafood, will probably end up becoming, you know, some of that internationally farmed seafood. And, and, and certain aquaculture operations obviously are great. But what we're seeing coming in from China right now is just laden with antibiotics. Most of that doesn't yeah. even get infected. So, um, you know, for us being a 25 unit chain, it's important to mention that those are 20, you know, those are all independent franchisees. So we don't actually own those. Those are one off mom and pop entrepreneurs who have been able to kind of, you know, work underneath our umbrella so that we can all synergize. The reason we franchised was so that we could buy more seafood at bulk and support fishermen on a much larger economy of scale. Um, But, uh, you know, if that's all gone, I, I don't know what the reality is. What breaks my heart about this is I, I maybe it's just serendipity in a bad kind of way, but I have talked to personally either folks that work at or have just had just started restaurants, uh, small little mom and pop places. But, you know, they've invested not only their heart and soul, but every bit of cash and the second mortgage <laughs> into their restaurant before this thing started. And it just it literally just it makes you want to cry. I know that you've uh, you are advocating for a, a support charity, and I'd like to get that out there, a group to help support people in the industry. Certainly. And thank you. Yep. We started a GoFundMe. It's under, uh, um, you know, help uh, struggling restaurant workers and we're raising money directly for restaurant um, you know workers who have lost their jobs or have come across hard times and we're di- we're distributing all of that money directly all right and that's uh, careers through culinary arts program and uh, you can follow uh, chef gruel at chef gruel g-r-u-e-l on twitter and uh, you want to really uh, make sure that you do follow him guys because he is uh, the leading voice out there and i really commend you for it keep your head high because uh, and and you better watch your back because i think you got a lot of targets on it andrew <laughs> awesome thank you so much appreciate it man be good be safe and merry christmas there he, he is. Well. He had to get back to the. He had to get back to the restaurant, uh, so uh, he had to leave us there. Uh, what do you think? What are you doing to support the industry? Do you think that uh, maybe carryout is your future in relation to food and the culinary arts, or do you want to get back to a dining experience in the old-fashioned way? Uh, we'll take those calls after the break. Three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. News Radio eleven twenty KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. 
Welcome back. 27 till the hour on Overnight America on KMOX. Randy Tobler in for Ryan Recker. I, for one, am trying to do what I can to support the restaurant and hospitality industry. Part of the problem, though, is when you get carryouts, <laughs> there's a practical problem involved here. And that is, what reheats better? Because, I mean, by the time you get it home, it's not the same as it was right from out under the heat lamps when it came out. And, you know, they just took it fresh off the grill or wherever they cooked it. So, I, you know, you talk, with, uh, you talk with chefs and it's like, wow, this is part of the tough problem is, you know, since volume's down, we, and in order to keep the place open, we can't really lower the prices. But here we are having to, you know, provide things that they just aren't going to taste the same as when you're served on the hot plate and it's just right out of the kitchen. So we struggle with uh, some of our favorite dishes at various places don't really fare as well in the carryout universe as, uh, as others. I think pasta generally works pretty well, although the sauce, you know, once it congeals, it doesn't heat up as good, unless it's a marinara sauce. But then again, I mean, if you get something that has, it's more of a bread-based or has a starchy, you know, uh, foundation to it, that's tough because you microwave that too much and then you've got cardboard. And meat, you know, you get something that's, it's almost like you need to order, you, you have to change the whole way you order Assuming that uh, that the restaurant will will try to accommodate a little customization, if you like your if you like your meat medium rare, you order it rare, right? So by the time you reheat it, then it's um, you know it's exactly where you want it. It's a little bit of a conundrum, but I uh, just suffice it to say that I I hope everyone will get out and not only I'm I'm, I'm sounds like I'm favoring the restaurant industry here, but I think they've been hit the hardest and most frequently and most severely. Um, in, in various jurisdictions. My Lord, we've certainly seen that here in, in the St. Louis metro area, uh, in the city, in the, in, the, in the county, and in St. Charles County. But small business in general, I mean, are, are the ones that have the least reserves to try to support however long this is going to last. And at the same time, there's so much competition, and there, it is, it is the, the powers that be make it so easy to to avoid those places. And you look at what's going on with the concentration of, of business in, in to large, you know, mail order companies, Amazon, of course, the leading among them. And you just wonder um, what's going to happen to the small mom and pop place, the place that's built on service, the place that will answer your question and give you that value added when you um, most need it, you know, at that critical moment, whether it's in, maybe a, a return of an item or, or you need some special uh, order that uh, maybe needs some customization or maybe you just need advice. It's like, I don't know. I can't tell between A or B. What, what's been your experience if it's maybe some tech thing? Which relates to the whole question of it's also easy to buy things from China. We have an almost two-year-old granddaughter and as I got uh, into the into the grandpa, you know, okay, I want to buy something sort of cute. I'm walking through this store or that. That's a whole nother story. You go to the to the various malls that still exist, and it's just it's like a ghost town in these places. And I don't think it's because of COVID, at least not mainly. COVID has just accelerated the uh, the, the the flight from bricks and mortar. 
But I kept looking and looking and looking. It's like, is there anything I can buy that's made in America? And then the guilt was on. The more I, th- I'm like, oh my gosh, we just had a patient at the hospital who died of the China virus. And uh, what would have happened if China would have been more forthcoming and not tried to suppress the truth and maybe not granted uh, travel to their people and contained it within their borders? They didn't send people to large cities within China from Wuhan. They sent them ac- abroad. They were going to go. They were going to take everyone down with the ship that they were on. Because their main goal is dominance, and there's no way that they're going to do anything that is, uh, is antithetical to that. So every time I saw something that was really cute or gizmo-y, that's a new word. Uh, Mr. Miss Producer, make sure that you log that on the, on the logs, gizmo-y. And I, I turn it upside down. There it is, made in China. And I'm, I had feelings of guilt. And I don't know, is, am I the only one that's, that's thinking that? that uh, I, and, and if you are thinking that, then you start to think forward and you think, well, if we're really going to make a dent in this China thing and not give them the dominance they want, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, maybe in our children's generation or their children, who knows when it's going to happen, seems to be on that trajectory. Um, how much would you pay? How, what, what percentage differential? If, if, a, if a given merchant or a manufacturer or a retailer said, look, we have, sort of, we have made in China items and we have similar <clears throat> and sometimes better quality, but at least as good, uh, and I use the word quality, I guess what I mean is lights and bells and whistles when you talk about the toys for the kids. But it's going to cost you 5% extra, 15% more, 20% more. Is there a threshold past which you wouldn't pay more? Or would you not pay any more? And you say, China, let the global market rule and <coughs> free markets, viva la free markets, right? There are some economists that say we should let China make the cheap stuff that we, uh, we treat disposably that isn't critical to our existence and let us do the intellectual work. Well, there's one problem with that. And I know it. My son's a salesperson with big uh, printing equipment. And he knows that when you, uh, formerly, until Trump came along with his rules, if you needed to go over there and, uh, and do business with China, you had to give him your intellectual secrets. Show us the blueprints. And, of course, that's been, you know, Trump's fought back about that, against that. The first president that's done that in a long time. But that raises the cost of things because they just can do it cheaper than we can. These are tough economic questions. I don't know that I have the answer. I'm going to throw out the phone lines. If anyone out there has the answer, and especially, and also let me know what it is you would pay differentially for, uh, you know, for Made in America. Or for that matter, I guess maybe, maybe we should expand that to Made Anywhere, but uh, Made Anywhere in Western Europe or America. I don't know, whatever, however you want to say it. Not Made in China or Iran or North Korea. And, and, and how much would it be worth to you? Um, 314-436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. Jim, if you hang on, we'll get to you after the, after the break here because I want to hear what you have to say. It looks to be a good question. Uh, give me, your, give me your, uh, your thoughts on that. Is it worth it to you to pay some amount and how much extra would you pay to avoid giving China more of America's business? Overnight America, KMOX, Tobler in for Wrecker. We'll be back. 
This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. Well, we're back, and it's Christmas time. Just uh, a couple more shopping days, guys, if you know what I mean. And I know a lot of you out there were planning on buying America. What with what's going on with China, not just the COVID virus, but as it's come to light, how they take our intellectual property, they're hacking into our computers, they own half of the farmland, it seems like, in America. I mean, on and on and on. And, um, of course... Being guys, we often wait till the last minute, don't we, gentlemen? And that's what Ryan's doing on vacation. By the way, I'm Randy Tobler in for Ryan Wrecker, so I'm sure he's doing his last-minute shopping now because he is a bona fide guy, after all. And that's what we do. And so you had all the intentions of buying American, and then you start to look around, especially if it's in the toy department or in the gizmo department for, you know, for the grandkids or for the kids if you have young kids. And you just can't find much that isn't made in in China. And I don't know why it's never really, really, really bothered me viscerally till now. But for some reason this year, it's like great feelings of guilt. I haven't gone to the therapist yet. It's not that bad. But 314-436-7900, Jim is on line one. Jim, you're on KMOX. Welcome Hello, to the program. Randy. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Thanks for filling in for Ryan. Well, uh, my question, I'm glad, glad you brought this up. What I wonder, I'm sure there's a good answer for it, or maybe there's not. Maybe there's no reason why we can't get more things from Africa instead of from China. I don't, under, I don't understand why if, you know, people are like pro-Africa, I don't understand why we have to keep buying so much from China. Why can't they get at least some of the same kind of stuff going in Africa and just force the Chinese to compete for, for our money? I don't, I have, I have absolutely no, no uh, political science data or any, any credible rationale for saying this. But my, my guess is that they do not have the means of production to produce the intricate, though often cheap and, and short lived items um, in the mass quantities at the price that you know, people will pay. I, I just don't know whether they have the means to do that. China has developed that over the years. They've often reverse engineered things that we had. And then of course, t- took them to market. They, they, through their, you know, communist form of capitalism, it's a, it's a strange, strange way of, of doing capitalism. And it really isn't capitalism, but that's what it was termed when um, Clinton and yes, even George Bush and then Obama were in love with it. And I, I'm afraid Joe Biden's in love with it too. Well, at least Hunter was in live with it. Um, I, I just don't think that they've got the the machinery, the mechanisms, and the labor to produce the same kind of goods, Jim. And I think most of us would probably, if there were an alternate supply line that was marginally more uh, costly, we'd probably opt into it. There's no doubt about it. I remember hearing something, gosh, I guess it was four or five years ago now, where a, a machinist from a from a family owned business, it was up in the in the upper Midwest, I think Wisconsin, Minnesota, was talking, and, and this was probably five to ten years ago, and I don't remember where I heard it. it may have even been on on KMOX, 
but they did a they did a, an expose on you know after manufacturing had moved to to China and a lot of the heavy equipment like he was talking they would they would machine axles and things for 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 trains undercarriages and and the the wheels and then some of the more intricate connecting parts things that had to be sturdy but had to be very precise as well and it was interesting that after there was this rush to um to move business to china by the by the the purchasers of those items the, the the trains in this case and and other things that were other places that were looking for for value supposedly for their for their buck in their in their uh, in their in their parts well because the jobs went south the machinist profession suffered people left the industry or lost their skills and in this particular shop, they had shrunk down to just a, a shadow of their former selves. It was a small business, maybe, maybe 50 to 100 employees. And, and then this gentleman who was the family owner, you know, second or third generation said, now people, you know, a decade or two later, people are realizing that those, those parts that were such a bargain really weren't such a bargain because things were breaking down. The, the alloys weren't what they should be. The, the quality wasn't really there. I mean, it's one thing if you buy, you know, the the, the teddy bear that, that has the crashing symbols and runs on three ever-ready, you know, triple A's for Christmas and it lasts for Christmas and you're glad if you can get through it and you buy another one for the kid the next year, right? They don't know. It's another thing if it's a train part, if it's a part for, uh, you know, some important component of, a, of an automobile or a motorcycle or an ATV or name it. And he said, so now the, 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 the demand was coming back, but the skills were gone. And that's that's another uh, another casualty of when we just shop price. But again, I mean, you look at what happens in American elections, right? People shop price; uh, they shop their pocketbook in terms of who they're going to vote for. And ultimately, um, it's hard to pass up that uh, 1997 wrench set, open end wrench set. Isn't it, guys, at the discount bin at the hardware store? When if you bought the lasts a lifetime, replace it if it breaks, you know, $69.97 or whatever, it's hard to pass up that $19.97 because you go, well, I don't know. I don't use a wrench that much. And if I don't torque on it too hard, it may not break or bend or twist out of the socket. <laughs> and I think that probably... People in materials management at big companies that have a budget to follow and, and get some kind of reward based on, you know, what they save the company, they have to look at that carefully. But in the long run, sometimes you can be uh, short-sighted and penny-wise and pound-foolish. Um, and, um, and that's why you're seeing, in a lot of durable goods, you're seeing people yearning for things made in America. Quality, built for strength and longevity and precision. And 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 I hope that that um, that that Joe Biden and the the Harris Biden administration, or is it the Biden Harris administration? I guess we'll have to see. Um, I, I hope that they at least continue to not only talk the talk about holding China accountable for their mischief, but also walking the walk. It's very very important because unless they do that, uh, it. it it, that won't give a chance for American industry, American manufacturing, American quality. And that could go to textiles, too. Um, won't give us a chance to, to come back and really um, come to the fore. 
so I, that's 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 my thought on it uh, as it relates to the whole china and covid thing we know that these people i was asked uh, on an interview recently about the covid it's like there's there's some there's a vaccine being developed in china and another one in russia and uh, it was on the week on report on our sister station just today and they said would you take the vaccine i said absolutely not I, I wouldn't. And it may be credible. It may not be not. I would not do that. When we have vaccines coming uh, that are made in America with uh, the help of with Pfizer, actually, it was a Turkish immigrant, I understand, who started BioNTech, actually, who developed the vaccine. And Pfizer just had the muscle to produce it, uh, get it up to speed and produce it and, you know, get all of the FDA quality and safety studies done. It takes a lot of muscle to get through that regulatory apparatus. That swamp is deep and thick and hard to navigate. And you need someone with uh, big strong legs to power through it and big pharma for all of their faults they're the ones that can do it and did but uh, the fine german engineering of biontech along with pfizer's muscle got it done and that i trust uh that i trust and i trust moderna and uh if the astrazeneca i don't think it's going to be as strong but uh i just wouldn't i just don't think i'd be trusting any vaccine coming out of china but that's just me Let's take a few minutes and ask you, speaking of the vaccine, um, at your workplace or around the dinner table or around the virtual Zoom dinner table at Thanksgiving or um, if you've had one last weekend, maybe uh, we had our our family Christmas last weekend with our kids and their spouses and the granddaughter. Um, What was the talk about the vaccine? What is the acceptance rate? I want to open that up uh, throughout the evening for your thoughts on that. Uh, I know that within the walls of even medical facilities, like the one that I run and work at, a safety net facility up in uh, up in northeast Missouri, we did a we did an informal you know little straw poll of who wanted it because we have to request so many doses of the vaccine, and we'll be getting the Moderna vaccine in uh, if not uh, tomorrow, probably the next day. That's our understanding, and fully. 50 to 60 percent of healthcare workers, at least in my building, and I've heard this from other uh, leaders in other buildings, that they don't want to take it, which I think is fascinating. These are healthcare people. What, what does your family say? What does your uh, office say? Uh, what's the talk around? Well, we don't talk around the water cooler because we have to socially distance anymore. What are the thoughts? I mean, I think that's going to be a big, big uh, problem. And one of the reasons that the legislators are justifying them jumping ahead of the line, along with continuity of government uh, to get their vaccines, that they want to roll up their sleeve like uh, Mike Pence and Joe Biden did uh, and Dr. Jill today. And, um, you know, is that something that uh, I'm I'm frankly fascinated by the fact that people aren't just clamoring to get the vaccine, but there are people that are suspicious. And I think we live in a time when there there are growing amounts and firmly entrenched amounts of distrust in institutions. And I think that that is probably maybe sometimes justified, right? Because institutions haven't always done us well. But um, why why folks would not uh, take this vaccine when it is really going to be the way to open the economy, keep businesses alive, keep unemployment to some reasonable rate? I see the unemployment um claims going way up again you know last week and probably again this week it's going to be it's going to be really rough heading into the christmas season it's going to be a tough one but um with the vaccine on the on the horizon the monoclonal antibodies as a bridge to that should you get uh, diagnosed with it uh, maybe we'll talk about that at the top of the hour and then oh no actually carl 
Carl the intern is going to talk, going to be in studio. We're going to talk about movies. So get ready to let me know your favorite movies, your clunker movies, maybe some of the best scenes we can recall. I saw one the other day that was fantastic on Netflix. I actually stayed awake through the whole thing despite an up day and all day night. I'm Randy Tobler, in for Ryan Recker, Overnight America, KMOX. See you after the top of the hour. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.